The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. You must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. The only NFL podcast where one of the hosts says Jimmy Garoppolo. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm joined. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel now. You just <laughs> can't wait to get to Thanksgiving, huh? Well, I was trying to think of something that reflected last night's game. Um, I mean, his name is Gar, not Gur, anyway. Garoppolo. It's not G R Apollo, it's G A Garoppolo. Yeah. The point is that whatever. Lenny pronounces it differently. Uh, I'm Mina Kimes. That's Dominique Foxworth. <laughs> We're going to talk about last night's game, but a um, little bit of housekeeping. I am not doing a preview podcast this week because of Thanksgiving, so we're also going to talk about the Thanksgiving games instead of winners and wuss in addition to last night's game. Uh, the Thanksgiving games are kind of good, Dominique. I, yeah. I'm like actually looking. I feel like this is probably the best they've been in a while. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all of them. They all yeah. seem like... Uh, I, do we have to pay... For several weeks, because there are some really bad weeks of football. Uh, and I, frankly, this weekend isn't that great either. But we got this really good game or these few really good games. And we we had Vikings-Cowboys was supposed to be good, but it didn't turn out to be. <laughs> yeah. But it, I, I think that's part of what makes this Thanksgiving good, which is you got a team where I'm not going to pick upsets for them necessarily, but because of what these the favorites are coming off of or you know in some cases um teams that have lost it they've all i think they're all a little bit more interesting maybe than they would have seemed a few weeks ago you know or maybe a few weeks ago we would have said the bills are gonna crush the lions the vikings are gonna crush the patriots i do think the cowboys are probably gonna crush the giants but um there's there's, there's interest there but the last night's game less interesting it was a domination after the beginning, it was a little bit closer in the jump, the beginning. Um, I stuck it out until the beginning of the fourth quarter. How about you? Yeah, I got to 31. When I got when they got to 31, I wasn't up for um, for Kittle's last touchdown. That I was like, all right, we're good. I have uh, I get up this morning, too. So uh, that's a 6 a.m. meeting. So I had to get to bed as soon as I could. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I watched um, a little. I watched a little. Um, Love is blind. No, I couldn't help it. I had to check out a little. What episode are you on with Love is blind? I think I just did four, and I'm I on four Andrew. too. Bring Andrew okay. back. Bring back That's... fake tears, Andrew. I want fake tears, Andrew back because. <laughs> and and I I thought I didn't like Raven, but she grew on me. And also Bartice, I've had enough. I've had enough of every everything Bartice related. I've had no enough. spoilers. No spoilers. I know. Like I didn't spoil anything. Bad. I didn't spoil anything. It was just all generic stuff. That yeah. is okay. Some people might have might maybe they think Andrew's still in it. Um, okay. <laughs> I, last night's game didn't change my mind about anything necessarily. I do think the Niners' offense looks better than they did a few weeks ago. It feels like they are rounding into form. Um, and, you know, I, I thought in this game in particular, Arizona comes out with a pretty clear plan to stop the run. Niners didn't have success doing so. I was encouraging to see Kyle Shanahan completely go away from it, recognizing that they had an advantage through the air. Um, and you had Jimmy Garoppolo passing like crazy in the first half. Then the second half, when Arizona switched it up, they go to the run. I think my question for you, Dominique, is like, how impactful do you think Christian McCaffrey is? We, we talked about the potential, yeah. I think, a few weeks ago. Now we've seen a few weeks of it. 
where is where are you at watching what he's doing in this offense? We should talk more because like I feel like once you start saying things, it reminds me of stats that I should have looked. Not reminds me, it makes me think of stats that I should have looked up. Because immediately I want to know yards over expected for Christian McCaffrey. Because while I was watching the game, that's what I saw. I was like, you know what? Right there is where someone else would have been tackled. You know, like this is where an average yeah. running back would have been tackled. The whole team. Yeah, I know. The whole damn team. But it didn't used to be that for Christian. I mean, it didn't used to be that for the running back also. Yeah. Like it used to be like, all right, the running back yeah. on a good day, they'll get you six or seven. And maybe they'll break off a long one because they have incredibly fast running backs. But it seemed like there was the situation where it was a six or seven yard run and Christian would turn it into 15 or more. And also his impact on the passing game. And also the, the, they put him, they split him out at a receiver and put Debo in the backfield and, and then ran the ball there, which like the advantages, the challenges, the this confusion. Is what we're worried about. Yeah. Yeah. We're, it's just, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's a nightmare. You never know what any of these players are going to do in the structure of a play, yeah. what the intention is. Um, and then the fact that they're all just so talented yes. with the ball in their hands. Not that Arizona's defense is a uh, tackling yeah, machine, they, they struggle. but um, good Lord. I, I, every single Niners skill player, Brandon Ayuk, I also I feel like we should acknowledge, is playing yeah. so well right now. Um, just the route running from him is truly special. But like... It, it It's funny to me. I On first take this morning, I was um, saying I thought yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo was playing well. Yeah. And he is. He is playing well. He did a couple of things. He like made one play with oh, his feet on oh, really scrambling through the kid. I was, like, I was oh, saying MVP. Okay, Jimmy, yeah. You never do that. He never. But yeah. it is pretty funny that he finished that game with a negative completion percentage over expectation. Um, so just most people who listen to this podcast know what CPOE is, but it's basically what a quarterback's completion percentage is relative to what it should be based on the difficulty of throws, openness, defenses, etc. That's just that's not shade on Jimmy Garoppolo. That's just how much this offense is rolling right now. And it's play design. It's the skill players. It's the competition in this case. But I, I they look really, yeah, and really dangerous. We don't have to do this here, but I feel like you're going to make me be the one that has to tell the truth about Jimmy Garoppolo. So let's not do it at all. Let's just bask in the greatness of Jimmy's greatness right now. Things are awesome. Their defense is good. It's going to be great. All- all he has to do is not throw interceptions, man. See, you're going to make just me do it. Throw that you're going to make me do it. That's not all he has to do is the problem. At, at some point, if they want to win a Super Bowl, they're going to have to win yeah. three or four games in a row. And the quarterback is – there are opportunities for other people to overcome deficiencies. At some point in their Super Bowl run, something's not going to work and something's going to fall apart. Be it the defense is going to get cooked or the running game is going to disappear or the receivers are not going to get the yak uh, or the game plan is not up to par. Something is going to be deficient. And that's when you're going to need Jimmy to do something. And he can't. Or he hasn't. The probability of him being able to do that seems low. So that's the other thing. is like, I'm not being definitive. There's a chance, a 25% chance, 15% chance that he can find lightning in a bottle and make the plays that you need to make. And there's also the chance that... Like I, I, I point back to the Broncos' most recent Super Bowl championship as the example. There's also a chance that someone else can be that hero 
someone else can be Von Miller and overcome whatever is deficient. The quarterback has more impact on the game than anyone else. So that's why people pay a lot and look for them. And they have the chance to overcome those deficiencies. They have the opportunity to overcome those deficiencies. But there's a chance that they make a run to the Super Bowl and win it with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just slimmer because Jimmy is average. You made me do it. Yeah, I think there's a good chance they'll run into a defense that is well-coached and good at disguising their intentions and fools Jimmy Garoppolo. Forces that, you know, it's usually, it tends to be the same, same, same exact um, look that he gets that leads him into trouble over the middle of the field. And I think it's, it's entirely possible. Um, I will say, you know, the, the defense is as advertised. I want to go back to the Chiefs game. I know that they're missing some guys there. And I want to, because I've, I've been trying to, I think we're at a point now in the season where we can like really say, okay, who, you know, try to take stock of who's the best defense. And like, is it the Cowboys? Is it the Broncos? Is it the Niners? Um, because the Niners really do look so complete. They're so good at every level. They're so well coached. I love the adjustments that they make as the games go along that D'Amico Ryan's don't coordinator makes. Um, so, you know, no, certainly a Super Bowl caliber defense. Um but yeah, it just comes down to. I mean, you could throw a couple other teams in that best defense conversation. But what other teams? New England. They may not. Yeah, the Jets? Was, yeah. The New England and the Jets came to mind. They both came off good defensive performances against bad quarterbacks, mind you. But they're both are really good defenses week in and week out. I I tend to give, and I know that the um, the analytics could try their best to control for the fact that some of these teams' offenses aren't good. But I tend to give the teams with like hopeless offenses, I give their defense a little more credit because yeah, the, the psychological toll it takes to go out there and be like, we got to hold them to 10 or we can't win. It's yeah. exhausting. To do that week in and week out is really impressive. I'm looking at you, Broncos. I'm looking at you, Jets. You are seen by me. Uh, you could argue the Patriots. We're going to talk about. Oh them yeah, yeah, yeah. In them a second, too. but that is there. no. You we you cannot argue it because that is also a fact. <laughs> it is just fact. Um, yeah. Let's just wrap quickly on Monday Night Football. Uh, so Arizona, you know, obviously Colt McCoy, very conservative game plan. As a result, the Niners' defense is too good to be with a conservative conservative game plan where you just kind of dink and duck your way down the field. Um, it feels. I mean, <sighs> It feels like the season's over. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess Hollywood Brown will... Re- they're going to win some games down the stretch just because Kyle will be back. Hollywood Brown will be back. Yeah. I think the offense um, with him and Hopkins playing together has the potential to be decent. It's just too flawed of a roster, and it was that way from the beginning. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think it's not too early to start thinking about, okay, how can they actually fix this next year, and do they have the resources to do so? I fully expected Cliff to pull out all the stops last week and this week because it's not just a perceived tension between him and Kyler. Like it feels like it's genuine where people want to blame Cliff and Cliff probably wants to blame Kyler. I fully expected him to do everything within his power to like show that Colt McCoy, and I guess he probably did in a primetime game, he really could have shifted this conversation and this opinion and taking the like power position here which it sounds sad to talk about this between a coach and a quarterback but they haven't gotten where they want to go and 
you got to point at somebody. It's got to be one of that trifecta, quarterback, coach, or general manager. I could argue two of that trifecta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I too agree with you. I, th- I think putting Colt McCoy in there, though, was like a good case study for why this offense isn't good enough. Not that Colt McCoy is a great quarterback, but, you know, he is like a functional air raid quarterback, right? He can, you can put him in yeah. and ask him to point and shoot. The problem is this offense – doesn't have the talent to work in the NFL. Um, and Cliff hasn't shown that he can overcome his talent deficit with scheme. You know, he runs a scheme that is, is very dependent on talent. And I think you just see that week after week. You certainly saw that on display here in a game where their offense was just so outmatched from a talent-wise perspective against San Francisco. So, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I... By have the talent, what do you mean? You think that the they don't have – are you saying that the air raid offense, in order to be effective, you need some sort of talent advantage? or you that the, multiple skill players who can win one-on-one. Right. Okay. They don't That's, have that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. We agree. <laughs> I thought you were no. arguing that they aren't talented enough to succeed. I think they no, are no, I'm talented talking about in enough. the context of his exactly. offense. Yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which is yeah. just like, hey, do we have a bunch of dudes who can win? Yeah, that's, you know, what, it, want, that's right? what it comes down to is the air raid is you're going to find those matchups and and make them pay, and they don't have too many of them. I saw a, um, a, a chart of Colts passing attempts in this game, and it was just like all the left side of the field because that's where they line up DeAndre Hopkins, who, as he was punished for pointing out, was doubled on multiple occasions. Um, very whack, taunting call, by the way. Uh, it just isn't sustainable. But that said, again, like when Hollywood Brown comes in, he is fairly talented, I think. And so I think they'll probably look functional, especially against bad defenses. All right, San Francisco. Oh, one more thing I wanted to say about San Francisco that really struck me in this game. I mean, granted, the Arizona pass rush is not very good and they're very dependent on the blitz which san francisco is really good against i thought at the beginning of the year that the niners offensive line would be an issue for them particularly on the interior and i that has been far from the case and we talk about these skill players elevating jimmy garoppolo he is protected back there yeah yeah Um, i saw that i mean the the things that you that we could celebrate from jimmy garoppolo were uh, in large part a function of him a part of it is a function of him having time I think that yeah. it's it's very easy to not easy. It's a lot harder to go from one side of the field to the other side of the field if one you don't have protection or two you can't trust that the protection is there. As you see that also sometimes is that the protection's there yeah. for this one incident, but guys who are not comfortable having that protection aren't comfortable with making it to those extra reads. And that's again where I feel like this McCaffrey ad was so significant because Garoppolo panics or has panicked under pressure in the past, but he's never had an outlet quite like a guy who creates. Uh, I mean, you could like you Debo could have been that guy, but Debo his plays are within the structure of the offense, right? Like he's he's not the checkdown guy. He's the guy who's going to run the eight yard slant and get you twenty off the middle of the field. Garoppolo looking out of the backfield oh, is just helping him so much. No, sorry. Yeah, McCaffrey. Yeah, and this is my point about yeah my point about beating the blitz in any situation that it seems like some people don't understand is that you don't beat the blitz or you don't get teams to stop blitzing by picking it up consistently. You get people to stop blitzing by breaking their back, and if you have a player like Christian McCaffrey where 
you put him in man coverage, not only is he going to beat the man coverage, he might break the tackle and go for 30 or 40. So you're going to get blitzed less because teams are afraid. They're like, all right, if it's a zone blitz, then we're going to end up, there is no good matchup because if he's in the backfield and you zone blitz, he gets out of the backfield. He can only be covered by a linebacker, a defensive end, or a safety. Most people who play those positions are mismatched for Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah, he might get five or six, and then the defense will line up and blitz again on the next third down because they don't care about five or six. But he also might get 25 or 26, and then they ain't never blitzing again. So, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm pulling up something because you got me – interested in finding a particular stat which is there we go <laughs> this is great podcasting I love um it. yeah okay so it. this is perfect this is oh this is gorgeous what a gorgeous stat um okay so this is a good example of why yards per attempt are not a good way to measure quarterback play on their own uh i, I saw this in the packet last night jimmy garoppolo leads the nfl in yards per attempt versus the blitz the niners have been very good against the blitz guess where he ranks in air yards per attempt against the blitz <laughs> Thirtieth, thirty second. No, I knew it couldn't be that bad. We're not. That's that's not. That's yes. not. <sighs> that what we're. That is a positive reflection on this Niners offense. Yep. That is not the gravel slander. It just it. They're really really good at getting guards after the catch. All right, that's enough. Talk about this game. We think the Niners are for real. The Bills. And the Lions. So let's talk about this from the Lions side first because they're coming across. They, what, it's been a three-game win streak for Dan Campbell yep. and his, his squad. Um, what's interesting to me, Dominique, is like they, they've really – it feels like this is the way Dan Campbell wants to play. Like at the beginning of the season, there were this game that was – or this team that was just – you know, putting up massive numbers on offense and just getting destroyed on defense. And they've really simmered down to the point where, like, they, they become, like, a very good rushing team. Um, you know, they're, they're not airing the ball out the way they were at the beginning of the season, but they're actually playing much better defense. Granted, competition matters a little bit, but, you know, um, I, I feel like they just look much more cohesive and less like uh this team has to put up 40 points to win every week kind of game. yeah they look better <laughs> um uh, uh, i mean better than what we are accustomed to seeing from the lions even the dan campbell lions in recent years so yeah it's encouraging but i think we let's not throw a parade let's not plan the parade just yet <laughs> uh they the it, the Bills' win was more impressive than I think that uh, m mm. most people would say. Just looking at the box score and looking at the teams that played, like I think that's uh, a testament to the Bills and a testament to the Lions. It's like, yeah, they they were a legitimate fight, and they they will be on yeah. on Thanksgiving also. Well, you know, the Bills Brown game kind of went in. With two questions, can the Bills stop the run? Because they're, you know, they'd had some trouble in previous weeks, and they did that. They absolutely contained Nick Chubb and company. And then, can they run the ball? And I, it was, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I was screaming, "Run the damn ball!" in the first quarter at my TV screen because we, the Browns had the worst run defense in the NFL, and I think non-Josh Allen's had one carry in the first quarter. It was really frustrating, especially because Josh. Um, looked off. Like, I don't know if I, I suspect it's something to do with his elbow, but he was like kind of off target on some of the short stuff. So going into this game, Dominique, I mean, this is a, a Detroit team that has really, really struggled to stop the run, but actually did well against New York. 
has a lot of issues in their secondary. How would you approach this if you're Buffalo? What game are we talking about? If you're Buffalo... The, the, the Bills-Lions. Oh, sorry, if you're oh, the Bills yeah, yeah. offense facing this Lions defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, what I saw from Josh Allen was concerning. Um, and I think... I guess concerning is the wrong word. Like, I'm not concerned, but it does seem like the last several weeks there's been... I, I've been kind of dismissing all of this Josh Allen conversation as no big deal. He's going to have his ups and downs. That's the style of play. I think... The fact that they could win without him was the, or yeah, the fact, not without him, but without him being everything this week was impressive to me. Hopefully they can do it again against the Lions because I think the Lions are a team that they could, they're capable of doing it against. But I do think that this is a legitimate test, like I mentioned before. So they're beating the Browns, I think is less of a test, but stopping the run was important mm-hmm. to them. Uh, and we'll see what they do this week. But I think that's the plan. I don't know. I, I didn't answer your question. I meandered because I didn't have an answer. But it, well, it's hard I think to answer this without to, knowing what Josh Allen's condition yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the plan is to try to do it without Josh as much as possible until you can't, and then you you dive on on Josh's back and hope he can carry you to the promised land. I mean, they should. The, the Lions, you know, I th- like it was encouraging performance against the Giants up front. Lynn McNeil and Aiden Hutchinson, you know, that were very good in this game. Um, but behind that defensive line, massive issues on this Lions defense still at linebacker, at cornerback, there's some injuries there. So, like, part of me, you know, part of me is like, well, you should be able to run the ball on them like you did last week. But, like, if Josh Allen isn't having problems throwing it, they should be able to cook him through the air. Um, I do think on the other side, though, it is a it, it, similar to last week. It is a, it's a significant test for a Bills defense that's you know gotten some reinforcements back, but still missing guys um, because Detroit's offensive line, arguably one of the best in the NFL, um, you know they're going to have time and they're going to be able to get push. So I, I, you know and, it's, and, it's it's challenging. And and Jared Goff is pretty good. He's okay. Like, I, I do think the challenge is there for, yeah, I mean, it's a legitimate challenge for the Bills that I don't think two weeks ago we would have said was a legitimate challenge for the Bills, given how the Bills were playing uh, a few weeks ago and how the Lions were playing a few weeks ago. So this game matters. The thing, the overarching thing is, I hate to be QB-centric, but the ov- overarching question that looms over this season for them is, is Josh Allen's elbow okay? And should they have or should they going forward uh, give him a rest in order to try to get him healthy again? Because if we are to expect that since the injury, that's the Josh Allen that we're going to have until he gets healthy, then you rest him and and try to get him back because he's too important to the team. So I think that's the most interesting thing for me coming out of this game is – if he seems off again, why? If it's about yeah. health, put some ice on that and chill out for a week. Yeah, if he comes out like sailing screens again, I would be concerned if I were a Bills fan um, because that was concerning to see. But then, you know, he'll mix it you know, like it's a little intermittent. Every now and then he looks totally fine and makes, you know, really impressive throws. Um, yeah. that's the That's the thing that... It's the reason why I guess I was hesitant about talking about the defense because defense improvement uh, or defense being tested matters. 
but it goes back to the Garoppolo conversation is some quarterbacks can overcome everything and Josh Allen has that capability. So if the defense stinks, I'll be like, man, that sucks. But if Josh is balling, like, well, they'll be all right. So like they need to figure out where Josh Allen is and what they can do to make sure that he is playing at his best and his healthiest uh, come January. I think Detroit's just going to try to pound him. Um, yeah, that's the move. You know, they, they, had, they look, we'll speed it up. I mean, we'll talk about the Giants run defense in a second. It's not very good, but uh, Detroit run, you know, rushing attack has been incredible all season long. Talked about the offensive line, obviously, you know, one of the better run blocking units in the league, but also they, they have a bunch of dudes. This is what struck me in the Giants game. Um, there's so many running backs and they, the fullback too, they were using. Uh, they were just lining up in 21 throughout. I think actually that was their primary grouping in, this, in the game against New York. And it was just a different, com- different combinations of backs. Um, Jamal Williams looks incredible. I thought J- Justin Jackson looked really good for them. You know, DeAndre Swift seems still banged up. So we'll see if they, if they can do it against Buffalo. And I think, you know, with obviously, I think Buffalo gets back Tremaine Edmonds in this one, which would be enormous. Getting back Matt Milano was a huge difference for them in stopping the run. So I don't, I think they'll, they'll be able to stop them. And I suspect, you know, win this one in, unless Josh Allen is yeah. more banged up than we thought. All right, let's take a quick break and then talk about the other two games. All right, people, we are brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odds boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet, you get with Caesar's rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesars Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards member today, and get more with every wager. Must be 21 years or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. 
Alright, Giants-Cowboys. A game that I think two weeks ago probably looked a little bit closer. Um, Cowboys, of course, coming off of the tremendous beatdown. Minnesota, Giants losing to the aforementioned Lions, and also losing players along the way. This is part of the reason why I'm not super optimistic that this will be a good game. Just offensively... uh, I, Daniel Jones is up against it, man. Like that offensive line is missing so many dudes. He's he was throwing a Richie James. Like uh, <laughs> Wanda Robinson has a great game that immediately tears his ACL. It just feels like there's too much to overcome, especially facing one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, this is uh, an uneventful evening. Unless somehow the Giants find a way to win and then we have to burn down everything we thought we knew about the NFC because (laughs) like we knew we none of us were surprised. Well, I can't. That's not true. The Vikings losing didn't surprise anybody. Them getting destroyed surprises. So like the the Vikings and the Giants are two of the teams that we all kind of knew that their record was a bit of a lie. So I appreciate the. Cowboys going there and making sure that they made us all look right. They need to do it again this week. Otherwise, then we have to like legitimately Ugh. consider the Giants going forward, which like <laughs> Giants fans don't even legitimately consider them contenders. I feel bad for Giants fans though, because I think not just because you know the injuries, but you want to you want it to be able to evaluate Jones, and now with this group around him. It feels impossible, honestly. I mean, this is a terrible, terrible situation. The case for New York would be them running the ball against, you know, I, I know the Cowboys are coming off of beatdown, but that right. game got out of hand pretty quickly to the point where Minnesota kind of stopped running. Yep. Obviously, the week before, the Packers had a lot of success, especially with those um, outside runs. Got to think New York's going to try something similar with Barkley and Breda. Um I just think this Cowboys defense is so good. Like, I just think they're so good. They're so good. They're so good. And I think they're so good in ways that are almost underappreciated. Like, coming out of that, I was just tweeting about this, coming out of that Minnesota game, everyone was like, wow, the Cowboys pass rush, Michael Parsons, world beaters, which is true. But a big part of the reason why they were able to tee off is Kirk Cousins had no idea what the hell was going on half the time because they were constantly showing blitz and dropping out, showing man, uh, pivoting to zone like so much disguise it's just they're just really well coached uh and yeah i i don't know i just think they're so impressive yeah we talked about this last week and how um i was pushing back on the idea that the that the cowboys need to run the ball more uh not Mm. that i don't think they need to run the ball and it shouldn't be important to their uh success that's all true but what's most important is that they score points early and I think that yeah. that's more important. If you can do that while running the ball, yeah, do it because that's a lower risk. There's less chance for turnovers. So if you can run the ball eight times on a drive and score a touchdown, more power to you. But if you have to throw the ball, I think it's more important to throw the ball and score points and take even take that risk because I think that this defense is so good when they are in uh, when they have a lead Attack. and they're in you must pass situations yeah. they uh, yeah. so that's what it boils down to for me is putting their defense in a position where where they can be dominant and i think that that is yeah. when they can be dominant is when they can do those disguises and when they can pin their ears back good old classic football cliche <laughs> no, it- and rush the passer 
it's not too dissimilar from San Francisco, right? Like, you know, you're going to – like, you can't fall behind against this defense, um, which is why the Eagles game in a couple weeks is going to be so fantastic and such a good matchup. But, yeah, I mean, Cowboys offense looked fantastic last week. Um, one of the best, if not the best, rushing teams in the NFL. Uh, Tony Pollard is – Actually, I have, a, I have a question for you. Like, so this last week we saw to- how Tony Pollard is not just incredible on the ground, but also devastating as a receiver. I think I overused the word devastating, by the way. You need some new terrifying, intimidating. That's Parsons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, electric. Electric. I was just thinking electric. Electric. Yeah. I like that. Um, I, I, I almost feel like they could throw to him even more. I mean, the, the, in this last game, they threw him away more than they had all season because when he's lined up in that backfield, I, yeah, I mean, just the, it, 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 again, to kind of come back to the San Francisco thing, I think having another weapon who, that makes this offense more multiple and then having a quarterback who's extremely good at decision-making and, you know, recognizing mismatches for the snap, yeah. That's really, really tough to defend. I'd be interested in how much 21 or, or 20 personnel that they use with uh, Zeke and Pollard. They really don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd be interested much. if I were them in my first 15, I would have at least a couple of plays like that just to see how the defense responds. Because if they respond as most teams would against 21 is in base then I split Pollard out and go to work. If they respond in nickel, then it's fine. You hand it to Zeke and run it, and you can split Pollard out too. Or you could do some some sort of like option misdirection with Dak in the backfield. Like I think that uh, you can't be great at everything, so I'm not saying that they need to be expert at all these different things, but I'd love to just – every game I'd have one of those in my first 15 – and just see how they react. If they if they're gonna try to match up a linebacker on uh, Tony Pollard, then there's your number one receiver right there. But they get that matchup a fair amount out of twelve personnel with the two tight ends on the field, yeah. which is another also a look that they run really well out of. So it's just right. That's fair. No, I guess the only reason why I thought twenty or or twenty one is because then you can oh. You can leave Zeke back there and line Pollard out. But, yeah, you're right. If you can get I, that matchup in, in 11, that's fine. I think both are would be incredibly effective and is something that Kellen Moore should go to more often. I think one, one thing I liked about this last game for the Dallas offense is, you know, it felt like Dak was playing in fairly easy mode. Guys were more open than they've been all year. The mismatches were there. Um, and I think it's it is sustainable – Granted, um, it'll be more difficult against more challenging defenses. I don't think the Giants' defense is very challenging. Um, you know, they still get decent play out of, I don't know, Dexter Lawrence out front and whatnot. But they're in, in, behind that defensive line at linebacker, secondary, super banged up. God, I, I started this podcast being like, these games are surprisingly good. And I feel like as we talk about them, it becomes more apparent that they're not as good as I thought they would be. They're interesting. I think it's fair to say that these games are interesting and more interesting than we expected. But this this game should not be good. Like, it should not be a nail-biter. <laughs> it should not be close. Uh, they're in the NFL. They get paid, too. So I, I don't expect them to go 30 to beat them by 27 points or anything. 
But I don't mm-hmm. – I think we get to the fourth quarter, the Cowboys should not be, uh, like, biting their nails. Okay. I bite my nails. Well, don't. Just like a little bit of shot. <laughs> I wish I couldn't. Can you time travel back 30 years and tell me not to? Um, all right. Is Patriots-Vikings the best game? If I could time travel – and I use that to stop you from biting your nails. Someone should slap the hell out of me. <laughs> um, uh, what was your question? My bad. Is, is... <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? I put in the effort to figure out how to time travel, and I was like, "Man, let's go find." Okay, Yelena. wait. Like, let's try this. Let's say you have a time machine, and you can use it anytime. There's not limited resources, right. um, and you're you know you're not using it to like do good things or change yeah, the yeah, history yeah. what's something that you wish you could build a time travel a time machine and travel to before this season to tell yourself about something that would happen during this oh, season just to see the look on your face oh, oh. yeah hmm he that's that's a, i feel like it has to be focused with the Oh, it's got to be the Broncos, right? It's got to be the Broncos and Nathaniel yeah. Hackett and Russell Wilson. Like, that's the one thing that mostly Russell is like, you know, who's going to be like the worst offense in football <laughs> and one of the worst quarterbacks in football? And you know who's going to be really good at quarterback? Geno Smith. And Russ <laughs> is going to be bad. And I would look at me like, come on, man, you're tripping. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the most surprising development of the NFL season because all the like other stories, like the Miami offense, has been awesome. But I think you know that was something that people accepted was within the realm of possibility. Um, the Eagles being as good as they are again—that's something like people thought, yeah. But the Russ, the Seahawks, Broncos thing is probably the one. Um, Oh, no. What am I doing? Jeff Saturday would be the head coach of the Colts. What the? I would have laughed in my own face. I forgot. I'm sorry. That's That's right. That would have been the most surprising one. You're right. Um, Okay. Patriots Vikings. Uh, So... I think this is probably the best game just because of the way the Patriots defense is playing. Uh, I think that uh, starting with that matchup, they're probably going to do some of the things that the Cowboys did against Minnesota in terms of especially the games that they play up front. Patriots like to do that kind of stuff as well. They're very good at using, you know, stunts to free up Matt Judon, simulated pressures to confuse quarterbacks. And then I think they'll also, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, uh, on the back end, they use a lot of disguise. My question for you is, do you think Minnesota can bounce back on offense from, like, how much of what we saw last week do you think was just the game getting out of hand, Cowboys pass rush? We should also note that, by the way, Christian Darisaw is not yep. going to play in this game, which is yeah. pretty, big, pretty big. Yeah, that matters a lot. So the bounce back is going to be hard. Um, this is not the team that you want to bounce back against because they are not going to be defensively. They're not going to be ill-prepared and they are not going to, while they may use disguises, they are going to know where Justin Jefferson is at all time. And they're going to have a plan for him on every single snap. Uh, And that to me is 
the key to this offense having some sort of bounce back is finding just Justin Jefferson in um, ideal situations. So a lot of times they like to use Justin Jefferson, motion him to the slide mm-hmm. and attack cover four and attack zone coverages by creating matchups with Justin Jefferson by moving him into the area where the big guys are. The Pats play so much man and they also, I'm sure, are aware of this and will probably track him with a DB or double him when he puts when he gets in those situations. I don't see him. He's going to have to make tough, miraculous catches or catch a bunch of short routes. They're not going to let him uh, get deep. And if it takes there, they're probably also going to be physical, which makes it take longer for the plays to develop. We're just going to put a lot of pressure on that offensive line and Judon's going to eat. So it's it's going to be hard. And I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think that Bel- I think Belichick and uh, the Patriots are going to enter this game. Their game plan is going to be we're going to uh, create a sack fumble. We're going to create a negative play. And that is going to be our offensive plan. Not going to let them ruin it. We're going to put the pressure on our defense to control this game and create a short feel for us. And at that point, if there is ever an interception or a fumble, the very next play, <laughs> if I'm the Vikings, I'm playing prevent defense because I fully expect that's how they're going to do it. It's like, look for the mistake. Once we get the mistake, then we go for the throat and then we play conservative the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, how do you feel generally about this Vikings offense? Because they, it, 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 it's, in, it's been a really interesting season. So like Jefferson has obviously been outstanding. And although there are games where he's been taken out through for various reasons, but, and I'm not the first person to point this out. It's odd that like Kirk Cousins was this very dominant boot play action quarterback would use those plays to throw downfield, and that's just not been true this year, which is interesting, right? Because you get Kevin O'Connell coming from Sean McVay offense. I think the thought was, oh, they, if you thought they were good on play action before, they're going to be amazing now. You know, Justin Jefferson, the Cooper Cup role, all of that. And it feels like watching them, it, they're a little bit too reliant on those big plays. Like, there's not a lot of consistency especially throwing to the intermediate part of the field, which is where I thought they would thrive. Yeah. When you first asked, like, what did I think of them? The first thing I thought was like up and down, inconsistent and like they aren't trustworthy. And it's, it's volatile in that it's, you get the good with the bad where you're like, man, nobody can stop these guys. They got Dalvin cook running for 30 yards on big plays. And they got, the best possibly the best contested catch guy in the league out there in uh, and, and Jefferson and a, and a quarterback that's a legitimate like franchise quarterback. He's not one of these elite world beaters. And when Dershaw is healthy, like the offensive line protects him, like there's reason to believe that they could be like really, really good. And then you watch him in one game and all those things come to fruition. And then you see another game where none of it happens. So I don't know whose fault it is, what to blame it on. I, the point about the boot is a good one because that's we've talked about on here before about finding ways to give your quarterback a break. And the boot is one of those ways where it's there's a couple of nice things about boot action is one, you get away from the morass of the middle of the field and reading the defenses. Once you get out there, it's often like, who's open 
and it's not if if thens where it's like all right if he goes here then I go there then I do this that is like a mental strain on the quarterback and the accuracy doesn't have to be as crisp and then there's also this benefit that I think goes underappreciated for boots is there's a clock for you and it's like the sideline is kind of your clock as you're working towards that now when it's Micah Parsons chasing you it's a little different but generally in most games it helps you to get away from that pressure and why you wouldn't why you would take out that easy button in this offense doesn't make sense maybe they put it back in this week it the I, I checked this a few weeks ago, and I haven't updated it since, but the average depth of target was way down on his boots, which, again, this is, that was really how the Vikings offense used to get a lot of their explosives. Um, you know, I think some of it was defenses keying in a bit on Jefferson, who, was go- who would be the intermediate to deep target on those plays. Uh, and so I do think, you know, the addition of Hawkinson certainly will open things up there, and it should open things up, you know, in every game. I just, it just got really out of hand against Dallas, um, you know. But th- it, that said, like we've been discussing, New England's defense is extremely good and extremely capable of executing that kind of game plan too. Um, their offense, on the other hand, a lot less scary. Yeah. So I don't think Minnesota's defense is that great. I've no. said this. Um, you know, Zedaria Smith is playing out of his mind this year. Um, you know, you're there. there I, I would say, yeah, obviously, Patrick Peterson has been good, but this Patriots offense, man, like next to Zach Wilson or the Jets and Zach Wilson, Mac Jones looked semi competent because at least he was able to, like, you know, he actually executed a few boots and under center play action game was working and their rushing attack is good, but they are not threatening yeah. on that side of the ball at all. And I don't get it. I mean, I, I think it comes back to where I started this is their strategy in this game and most games is wait, is hope that the defense can create a short field and, and don't let uh, Mac mess it up. But uh, far be it for me to criticize the great offensive minds of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. But as a defensive-minded person, you have to threaten me deep. You have to. Like, you have to do that. For my for my defense to, like, feel stretched and to respect you and for you to, for you to have success on anything short or intermediate, you're going to have to consistently threaten deep. And if you hit them, yeah, that hurts too, but you, you won't get underneath unless I'm like oh man chance there's a chance they'll go over the top and they won't let him take shots over the top and it's it's really like it's making his life Mac Jones that is it's making his life that much more difficult I think they're so earlier in the season when Mac Jones did throw deep he was throwing interceptions and I right. think they're they were pretty spooked by that um and you know really are not asking him to do a lot right now as a result that said, if I'm the Vikings defense at Donatel, I play way more aggressively, at, to your point, as a consequence. Like, th- that's a defense that plays a lot of pretty soft zone, a lot of off coverage, um, mm-hmm. not super blitz happy. I would change up some of those tendencies in this game because if you play soft and give the Patriots light boxes, they're just going to methodically work their way up and down the field. You need to pressure Mac Jones. You need to dare him to throw over your heads. And that's how you're going to get interceptions in this one. 
Yeah, that's the only way to do it, in, in my view. And it seems also like it's something that the Patriots are comfortable. It's a trade they're comfortable with making. It's like they seem comfortable with, all right, we'll get one first down and then punt it. That's cool. We'll throw a couple screens and hope we break one. We're not going to do anything risky. We're just going to hope somebody does something majestic. Maybe we'll run a trick play, but that's it. Like we're just going to try to hang around and then be there in the fourth quarter and hope that like our preparation and execution and comfort in these moments is what's going to uh, rule the day. They do this thing. They were doing this thing last this last week where they have um, John Smith and Hunter Henry in the backfield, which I thought was kind of cool and actually seemed to work pretty well. Um, Evan Lazar, who covers the Patriots for Patriots.com, wrote that they call it the full house formation. I don't know if, I mean, I guess it speaks for itself. It's not like about the show or anything. By the way, did you see the graphic on Monday Night Football, the full house Mm-mm. video where they had, they had all oh, the, um, was it like a San the Francisco Niners. thing? Yeah, they had the Niners players as like members of Full House from the intro. It was pretty. It was pretty deranged. <laughs> so, who was uh, Michelle? Was that the little one's name? Michelle, did you watch Full House? At yeah, all? I mean, I know Uncle Jesse, Uncle Joey, so annoying. Uh, it's good, <laughs> good show. Kimmy, oh Kimmy, the neighbor. Uh, who's Kimmy? That's the real wild. Who's card. Kimmy on the Niners? Uh, it, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like we have to make Kyle Shanahan the dad, even though personality-wise he doesn't fit. Maybe John Lynch is. Yeah, maybe John Lynch is is the dad. I don't know. Yeah, it's a bad comparison. I don't think it matches up that well at all. I I know that (laughs) that that Debo is uh is Uncle Joey for sure. That's it. That's it. That's all I know. Uh, Why is Debo Uncle Joey? I don't know because he's my favorite. Jesse was the one who would say, cut it out. Right? Oh, no, it's the other way around. Jesse, Jesse's the cool one. Or, Jesse's, Jesse's the cool the one. one. I'm sorry. Joey's I'm sorry, one. Debo. Yeah, that's why I'm was... sorry, Debo. Debo is Jesse. And Joey is... Never mind. In my next life, I want to be the person who comes up with the videos. <laughs> First of all, I said that's deranged. I meant that yes. as a compliment. I love them. Very incredible. I would be so good. Who do I get in touch with at ESPN? <laughs> I will send you 10 ideas a week. I have... yeah, that's, that's exactly what you need. More work. <laughs> All right. Bills, Cowboys, Vikings. Yeah, I guess. Vikings. Yeah, that's the right tone. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bills, Cowboys, Vikings. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. 